Welcome to Revive Families Connecting Hearts with researcher, author, speaker, and coach Jeff Schott. Jeff is devoted to keeping the hearts of parents and kids connected. He developed Influential Parenting, a comprehensive program designed to help parents target the root of behavior issues rather than whacking away at the surface. Jeff also wrote the book Going, Going, Gone, which helps parents understand the reasons kids depart the faith. It gives parents the information they need to open conversations with their kids to prevent this outcome. Learn more about Revive Family, its resources and coaching for families at revivefamily.com. Welcome back to Revive Families Connecting Hearts. I'm Jeff Schott, the founder of Revive Family, and it's great to be with you this week as we continue this week in the series, The Anchor Dad. And I know that this is the desire of so many dads to be the anchor in their family, the anchor in their kids' lives. But society has really caused us to question our roles and redefined us in so many ways that we really need to cast off and see ourselves once again as the anchor for our families. And over the previous three sessions of this series, we've discussed a number of ways we can do that. If after listening to part four of the Anchor Dad today causes you to want to go back and listen to the previous three programs, you can go to revivefamily.com, go to podcasts, and you can find those sessions right there, ready to listen to at your convenience. On today's program, we're going to do two things. We're going to continue to look at some surprising research about the importance of dads and what it means for us and how we respond as fathers to this research. And we're also going to talk specifically to stepfathers in the second segment of the program. I've found that stepfathers have an incredible opportunity to engage with their stepkids for a number of reasons, and we're going to talk about those reasons, how we step in, and how we avoid potential landmines that can cause issues in the family. But as we step back into this whole thought process of being the anchor for our kids, being the anchor for our families, I want to share with you a piece of research that actually surprised me and may even challenge what we see as our role in our kids' lives. And this research comes from a 26-year-long study where researchers found that the number one factor in developing empathy in our children was the father's involvement. Fathers spending regular time alone with their children translated to children who became compassionate adults. And as you hear this, some of you may be going, well, is that my goal, to raise compassionate adults? And I would argue that it should be, and here's why. The definition of compassionate is feeling or showing sympathy and concern for others. And this, in many ways, is the opposite of selfishness. It's the opposite of what we see going on in society so much, where people are so locked into their positions, their ideologies, that they literally don't care about what the other person is thinking or feeling. And the level of rhetoric and attacks going on in our society is increasing. This is why compassion is so important. It's really hard to become a narcissist if you have compassion, if you see and care about other people's feelings. And it's really important for us as dads. Often I hear from dads like they feel like they're the outsider in their family. 
Some have even said they feel used because they go to work and they provide really well for their family, but it doesn't seem like their family values them, involves them, or has a close relationship with them, which can leave them feeling used. And often the lack of compassion within the family is at the root of the breakdown of the relationships. Everybody's trying to get their needs met without really understanding, caring about, or having compassion for the others in the house. And the lack of sympathy or concern for others, which is the definition of compassionate, really weighs on the relationships. It breaks them down. It leads to the statement I hear a lot from kids, we're four individuals living under one roof. That's a great way if you're a father who's working really hard to provide for your family to end up feeling alone and to end up feeling used. And I would argue that's because we're going about family in the wrong way. We're going about family as if we, the parents, are in charge and the kids are there to learn from us, to meet our expectations, to do well in school so that they'll succeed in life on their own. But in this, we're not recognizing the true relational nature of the family and the true source of influence that we have as parents, which is the relationship our kids desire to please us, and our kids' internal bent to want to succeed. So if all the research we've looked at in this series, the anchor dad is true, and we truly do serve as anchors for our kids, and that will determine if they have good relationships going forwards, if they have good marriages going forwards, if they do well in school, if they're set up to succeed in a career, this is how important we really are in our kids' lives, then we need to really consider how we're going about building a relationship with our kids. And I would argue it's impossible to be an anchor in our kids' lives if we don't understand the true nature of influence and what builds influence in our kids' lives. And this is the reason the parenting program we have is called Influential Parenting Connecting Hearts, because apart from having genuine influence in our kids' lives, we won't be connected at a heart level with our kids. And the definition of influence that I think best describes the nature of influence is this, the act or power of producing an effect without apparent exertion of force or direct exercise of command. In other words, we're not forcing our kids to do things. They're doing it out of a caring, loving family unit that has compassion for one another. And I know before I began this ministry, I certainly didn't see that my involvement in my kids' lives would lead to compassion. In fact, I would argue that the way I was approaching my role as a father was leading to a lack of compassion in my kids. My oldest daughter at age nine would argue to no end for a half an hour, an hour, maybe even an hour and a half before we could get her to admit she had done something wrong. She wasn't thinking about how her behavior impacted her brother or sister or mom or me. She wasn't thinking about anything but herself because we as a family were not a compassionate family. And I'll be first to say that I definitely was not a compassionate father. My personality type is not naturally bent towards compassion at all, which may shock you. On a DISC test, I'm a high D, dominant, and C, choleric, which is cautious and analytical. Let me tell you that a dominant 
analytical personality type is the furthest thing from naturally compassionate you can find. But that's how much God has changed me through all the time I spent doing research with kids that forced me to wrestle with myself and my role in my family, and all the time I've spent coaching moms and dads, helping marriages, and coming alongside kids who are struggling and in downhill spirals. I'm guessing that a lot of the students I've worked with would say that I'm one of the most understanding and compassionate men they've ever met. So God really can round our personalities. So if you're seeking to be that anchor in your kids' lives, it's not about your position of power and authority. It's truly about this nature of influence, the act or power of producing an effect without apparent exertion of force or direct exercise of command. So how do we have these types of relationships with our kids that they want to perform? They want to make the right decisions. They want to serve the family. They want to be part of the family unit and be in a team, as opposed to be four individuals living under the roof. And here's where it really stretches us as dads. As opposed to seeing ourselves as providers, as being in charge, as the disciplinarian, we need to see ourselves as a relational champion within our homes. A relational champion means we're protecting the relationships between mom and son, mom and daughter, between siblings, between us and our kids. And the only way I've found that we can really be the relational protector in our home is when we start to connect with our family members, especially our kids, at an emotional level. We need to be emotionally connected with our kids. And we talked a bit about transparency in last week's program, The Anchor Dad Part 3, but now we're talking about transparency at a whole different level. We're talking about emotional transparency. I've found in so many families where the relationships have broken down and their living is for individuals under one roof that there was a complete lack of understanding the other person's perspective and especially their feelings. Subconsciously, when we get into the routines of life and we start just dealing with getting through our days and getting to the activities and making sure our kids are doing all right in school, we can lose touch with our own feelings. And when we lose touch with our own feelings, we can be pretty sure that those around us and our families are going to lose touch with us emotionally. What I found in our family that brought the family together, that made us a team where we could work together on projects like cleaning the house, we could work together splitting five, seven cords of wood a winter, where we wanted to hang out, wanted to go on trips together, where we enjoyed playing games with one another, was all rooted in this whole emotional area that tends to get overlooked. When we as adults aren't taking time to really understand our feelings and what's driving us to do and say certain things in our families, we can be certain that our kids will end up in the same place. And this is where compassion can really break down because we're not genuinely, truly involved in each other's lives. We're coexisting, we're performing, we're meeting each other's needs on the surface, but that whole emotional component that prevents loneliness can simply disappear without us even recognizing it. 
And if we want to develop kids that are going to have great relationships, they need to have compassion. They can't be narcissists. By nature, people that focus solely on themselves and getting their own needs met end up lonely and unfulfilled. So when we come back after the break, we're going to talk about six things we can do as dads and stepdads that can help prevent this from being the case in our homes and give us that position of influence in our kids' lives so that we are their anchors, so that they anchor to us rather than being tossed about in the storm and grabbing onto friends, grabbing onto people outside our homes, grabbing onto activities to help them feel better about themselves. Hello, I'm Jeff Schott, the founder of Revive Family. I hope you're finding this series, The Anchor Dad, valuable, and I want to share my heart with you. It's my heart that Revive Family come alongside as many parents and families and kids that are struggling as possible, because we've seen in the research that we've done with 4,000 kids that the parent-child relationship truly is the key to a kid continuing in their faith. Today, 70 to 90% of kids leave the church as they leave their parents' homes, and it's my heart to see that stop. That's why we try and provide detailed, helpful, accurate information on our radio program and podcasts. This radio program and our podcast series is solely funded by the people who benefit from it. We're counting on you to pay it forward so that we can continue to offer all of this information and all of these resources for free. If you're finding the content from our programs, blogs, and podcasts helpful, please consider making a donation at revivefamily.com. You can go there and click on the Donate tab, and you can donate as little as $5. Everything helps, and we truly appreciate your generosity. Have a great week. Welcome back to Revive Families Connecting Hearts. I'm Jeff Schott, and we've been talking for the last few weeks about the anchor dad, the dad that can truly serve as the anchor for their kids, an anchor that sets their kids up to do better in life, to have better relationships, have better grades, do better in life, because we really are that important dads. We play such a crucial role in our kids' lives. When they see us as their anchor, the research shows that they're far less likely to get involved in counterproductive activities that will pull them off track and lead to heartache as well as a sense of failure as a parent that none of us wants to encounter. In the first segment of the program, we were talking about that research study that showed that our involvement as a father, spending regular time alone with our kids, led to more compassionate adults. And having compassion for one another really is at the root of having a fun, close, connected, heart-connected family that brings a sense of joy and fulfillment into our lives that oftentimes we discover work just doesn't keep us filled up and feeling valuable. We probed a little bit about how this requires an emotional connection with our kids. So how do we develop an emotional connection with our kids? And this is where it gets a little bit more difficult and maybe a little bit even uncomfortable for us dads because we oftentimes are the best at stuffing our feelings and just trying to measure ourselves by how we're performing and what we're doing and maybe how our kids are performing. 
But if we want to raise compassionate kids that will have great relationships, great families going forwards, then this whole area of emotional connection is vitally important. And one of the things we need to do is become emotionally transparent. This means that we share our feelings with our kids and we draw our kids' feelings out of them. I know early on as a father, when my kids cried, I tried to get them to stop. It made me feel uncomfortable. It made me even at times feel guilty. And instead of recognizing that, that may have been the conviction of the Holy Spirit saying, boy, you're going at this whole parenting thing wrong, I would blow past it and oftentimes cause my kids to want to shut their feelings down, which was exactly the wrong thing to do. Because whether we want to admit it or not, even men are emotional beings and little boys tend to be more emotional than their little girl counterparts. God designed us to have emotions. In fact, the one commandment that we're given by Jesus, a new commandment I give you, is to love God and love one another. And there's both an intellectual as well as an emotional component to love. It's clear that he trained the disciples to love so much that they were willing to do the ultimate act of love that Jesus defines in his last teaching time as love me and you'll obey my commands. And then he goes singular to one command, love one another. This is true love, one who will lay down his life for a friend, which is a really steep definition of love, laying one's life down. But isn't that the true act of a parent? To be a great parent, we can't be selfish. We can't be focused on our wants, our hobbies, our needs all the time. We need to be focused on our kids' needs, and our kids need emotional connection, emotional support, emotional understanding, because kids are more emotional than adults. And one of the most damaging things I've seen to kids in all the coaching I do in families is when parents shut down their kids' tears. Why is it so damaging? Because tears are God's outlet for pain, the healthy outlet for pain. Trying to shut them down because they make us uncomfortable or make us feel guilty or embarrass us really does damage to the kids because it prevents our kids from expressing their pain in a healthy way, which means then they stuff it and they develop these areas of sensitivity that then we start to trigger later in life and all of a sudden they're erupting, they're getting angry, they're getting defensive over very little things, but it's because there are hurts in there that weren't allowed to grieve. And grief is a biblical thing. It's also proven psychologically. In fact, the word grieving appears 64, 69 times in the Bible. This is why sharing our feelings as dads with our kids is really important. There are times we struggle. There are times we doubt ourselves. There are times that we struggle financially and we feel like failures. And one of the things that I discovered, having been through a number of financial struggles in this nonprofit world, is that when I share my feelings around those struggles with my family, it does a couple of things. First, and maybe most important, it relieves the pressure. I've let those doubts, those feelings out. I've put them in front of my family. I've been vulnerable, and I'm not bottling them up, which really helps with my patience. Second, it builds understanding. All of a sudden, the kids start to understand 
the pressure, the feelings of failure, and they become sensitive to those. And all of a sudden, they're not asking for things because they understand our feelings. They understand the situation from an emotional side, and they are willing to sacrifice for us, which then helps my patients too, because in the midst of the financial pressure, I'm not being asked for more stuff. This was not something my dad did with me, but I will never forget the time when he lost a job. He was fired, and we walked in on him crying with my mom, something I had never seen before, and the response of me as a little boy was not to see my dad as weak or incompetent, but rather it gave me a sense of compassion and care for him, and it led to my sister and I going and talking and then coming back to my dad and saying, hey, dad and mom, you don't need to give us our allowances until dad finds a job again, which just struck them. It caused more tears, but it graphically shows the importance of being emotionally transparent and vulnerable with our kids. We understood, we got it, and we were there to sacrifice alongside our dad during this difficult time for him. Another way we can stay emotionally connected to our kids is to ask for and get honest feedback from our kids. Very few families do this, where the parents sit down periodically and say, okay, hit me with your best shot. How have I screwed up? What am I doing or saying that's hurting you that you're not sharing with me? When we get our kids to begin to share those things with us, we can know that their hearts are reconnecting with us and that we're coming together as a family because we're talking about the things that are breaking us apart. And if you go ask your kids for honest feedback and you see reluctance, you see hesitation, you see fear, you can be pretty much sure that there's a breakdown in the emotional connection between you and your kid. And likely that's due to the way you're approaching them when things go wrong, which is why I'd highly recommend you take our online program called Influential Parenting Connecting Hearts. It'll help you deal with these issues in a different way. And when we do this, we get this open and honest feedback from our kids. We can't be defensive and argumentative. Rather, we need to apologize. Apologies are absolutely critical, and I'll never forget the reaction of this one daughter who had never seen her father cry or apologize her entire life and who was on a downhill spiral, when that father came to see the damage he had done in his daughter's life and went and issued a very detailed apology list to his daughter, he actually broke down crying. And that so impacted his daughter and his daughter's hearts that the connection between them that had been missing from a very young age, was restored and strengthened beyond anything they'd ever encountered before. Dads, if we want to be the anchor in our kids' lives and remain emotionally connected to them so they turn to us in a storm, we need to share our feelings. We need to draw our kids' feelings out of them as opposed to shutting them down and especially shutting down their tears. We need to ask for and get honest feedback and then we need to apologize. It's all part of building a relational culture in our homes where compassion thrives and conflict dies. We only have a couple minutes left in the program at this point, and I know I said in the second half of the program we'd talk a bit with stepdads. Stepdads, you have a difficult place, but you also have an amazing and unique opportunity. 
One of the things I've done with step parents through the years in the coaching is to help them see that they're the only person that hasn't hurt this child. When divorce occurs, hurt occurs. Kids feel hurt from both sides, and they often believe it's their fault. Being that only person that hasn't hurt them can be an incredible platform to gain influence in their lives, to become an anchor in this kid's life as they seek to recover from the storm of divorce. Many kids carry the hurt and the scars from divorce well into their adult lives and their future marriages because at the time of the divorce, the parents are in turmoil. They're hurting and struggling to recover themselves. So from talking to these kids, the kids tell me they felt like they had to be the strong ones. They had to be the adults. They couldn't really stop and let out their pain because they knew their parents were already feeling guilty. This is why I believe that step parents have an amazing opportunity to work in the lives of their stepchildren. And because we're out of time, I'm going to go ahead and extend the Anchor Dad series and come back and we're going to talk more about being a stepdad and being an anchor in our kids' lives, what to look out for, what to avoid, and what to do to end up having genuine influence in these kids' lives and being a true helper, restorative force to your wife as well as your stepkids. I'll be back next week with Revive Families Connecting Hearts to talk more with stepdads about being the anchor in their stepkids' lives. Thanks for joining us, and I hope you have a great week. That's it for this edition of Revive Family Parenting in the 21st Century with Jeff Schott. We'll return soon with another program designed to help you become a wiser, more effective, more influential parent. Jeff's website is revivefamily.com. Parenting in the 21st Century is produced in association with Faith Radio. Jeff Schott is a pastoral counselor and coach. He is not a licensed healthcare professional. What you've heard is not a substitute for seeking professional medical or psychological support.